Pushkin. Hi everyone, it's Paul Muldoon. Before we get to this episode, I wanted to let you know that you can binge all 12 episodes of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, right now, ad-free, by becoming a Pushkin Plus subscriber. Find Pushkin Plus on the McCartney, A Life in Lyrics show page in Apple Podcasts or at pushkin.fm slash plus. I'm going to be driving up to Liverpool mm-hmm. in my brand new Aston Martin, mm-hmm. going too fast with the radio on, and there was this play that caught my ear. Is the shit a pump out of water? Answer me, or I'll have you debrained. Dubukaku. I was. I really liked it. It's not functioning at all. It's broken down. Because it was so rebellious. What a dirty business. Like your deep-braining machine. I just love this character, Ubu. I'm not afraid of that. There's nothing like a sewage barrel. I liked Hand me my shitter pump, Mayor Ubu. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that is good. Mm-hmm. Shitter pump. And just the image that conjured up. These always little dirty things appeal to me. Mm-hmm. When, when people are rude... And I say, I went up the whole of the journey listening to this. Barrel, pumpkin, refuse of humanity. I'm Paul Muldoon. For a while now, I've been fortunate to spend time with one of the greatest songwriters of our era. And will you look at me? I'm going on tour. I'm actually a performer. That is Sir Paul McCartney. We worked together on a book looking at the lyrics of more than 150 of his songs. And we recorded many hours of our conversations. It was like going back to an old Snapshot album, looking back on work I hadn't ever analysed. This is McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, a masterclass, a memoir and an improvised journey with one of the most iconic figures in popular music. In this episode, Maxwell Silverhammer. Two, three. G, G, B, B, E minor. A7. D, 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 A, A. Well, it's a story song, you know. It's one of my story songs. And I think I'm kind of unique in the Beatles for doing them because if you look at George's songs they're always very autobiographical it's very something he thinks my sweet lord you know here comes the sun and mine I, mine's influenced I think by that period of intense literature This is why I do story songs, where someone is making... A writer is putting himself in the position of a person. Mm -hmm. It's the imagination that I like. So with things like Maxwell Silverhammer, I like the idea of making up people. Dramatic persona. John was quizzical, studied metaphysical science in the home. Late nights all alone. 
The lyric, studied pataphysical science in the home, is a rather obscure reference to the work of the French playwright Alfred Jarry, whose play Ubu Cocu McCartney heard on his car radio. Jarry is often considered a forefather of Dadaism and Surrealism, and he once described his made-up discipline of pataphysics as the science of imaginary solutions. I got round to Jarry and pataphysics, and you know, I had friends, there was a guy, Barry Miles, and he was very bookish. He looked bookish. He started the Indica bookstore with a couple of others. I used to just go around to his house and we would just have dinner and we would just talk. So with Jerry, we would talk about what pataphysics was and he was more knowledgeable than I would say when it wasn't. It was a, a made-up science. Right. Mm-hmm. And he had the chair of pataphysics and he had a pataphysical society. Remember that you are addressing a celebrated pataphysician. Excuse me, sir, you said pataphysician. Pataphysics is a branch of science which we have invented and for which a crying need is generally experienced. Oh, but you see, if you're a famous inventor, we'll understand each other, for between great men... A little more modesty, sir. Besides, I see no great man here except myself. (laughs) But since you insist, I have condescended to do you a most significant honor. Let it be known to you, sir, that your establishment suits us and that we have decided to make ourselves at home here. <laughs> I was just fascinated by the, the surrealism of it and the madness of it all, you know. So, so that, I was very happy to get the uh, rhyme, quizzical and pataphysical. And then Joan, so we just started with a Joan. Okay, we've got a character. Joan was quizzical, studied pataphysical science in the I like the way because studied pataphysical science in the home. Yes. I mean, science in the home is almost like a title. So I like this. And then when it's like all alone with a test tube, <laughs> there's something a bit sort of surreal but suggestive. Late nights all alone with a test tube. Oh, oh, oh. Well, the test tube, of course, at that point, the notion of the test tube baby mm. was probably... You know, very much to four at that point, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And also, if I'm going to talk about science, for me, my experience of science was pipettes and test tubes. Right. And... Bunsen burners. Bunsen burners, yeah. All those wonderful things. Maxwell Edison, majoring in medicine, calls her on the phone. Can I take you out to the pictures... The name of the song's anti-hero might have come from James Clark Maxwell, the Scottish scientist who developed the classical theory of electromagnetism. And Maxwell's surname, Edison, must have come from the inventor Thomas Edison. I just love the rhyme. Edison, Edison. Edison, As I loved quizzical, metaphysical. Maxwell Edison Majoring in medicine, calls her on the phone.
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Can I take you out to the pictures, When the Beatles were recording Maxwell's Silver Hammer and the rest of Abbey Road, they were experimenting with their own science, that of music production. This coincided with the visit to Abbey Road of Robert Moog. Oh yes, the inventor of the synthesizer. synthesizer, and no one had seen synthesizers. This was the very first. Was that the first time? Was it? And they took up a whole room. It was a huge thing, and it filled the whole wall of the room. Here's the journalist Derek Cooper introducing the new instrument on television. It's called the Moog synthesizer. It produces sounds in a matter of minutes, which would normally take radiophonic experts with their complicated equipment days of work and multiple re-recording to achieve. George Martin was always very keen on these technological sure. innovations. You probably find he knew Robert Moog. Anyway, Moog had come over, Abbey Road, show us this Moog thing. And I was fascinated. And he would show us how to get these sounds from the wall. But it took a little longer than other normal songs took. Not, not crazy compared by today's standards. Sure. But by those standards, relatively long time by the standards of that day. As we get to the chorus of the song, it shifts from a wholesome romance between the pataphysicist Joan and her medical suitor to a much more violent story. Bang, bang, and so now, you know, this is like noir cinema, noir. I like the idea that we were all cosy and she's just a scientist. And it's a little bit of fun, and he's a doctor, studying medicine student, medical student, but now he's going to kill her. Bang, bang, Maxwell Silverhammer made sure that she was dead. It's serial murderer in some ways. Yeah, and he is a serial murderer, yeah. and now we've, whoa, we now got into a much darker world. Writing 50 times, I must not be so. 50 lines was a standard punishment in detention. Right. I must not talk in class. And I was always doing that. 
I was often in detention. I must not be so, or oh, oh, whatever it was, so naughty, so... Was yeah, that part I, of it? No, I must not be so. Uh-huh. I don't need to say the naughty. But when she turns her back on the boy, he creeps up from behind. Bang, bang, Maxwell Silver To accentuate the shock of the deadly silver hammer, the chorus incorporated clangs of a hammer hitting an anvil. Though it's contested, Ringo Starr likely did all the percussion for the recording, including that anvil. However, it was Mal Evans, the band's tour manager, who banged the hammer in rehearsals. Bang, bang, Maxwell Silver Hammer made sure that she was dead. Take it away, Johnny. I mean, isn't Bang Bang Maxwell Silver Hammer? It's not without its humour, and it conjures up. Yeah, it conjures up for me a fairground. Do you remember that yeah. thing where they used to yeah, bang? The, the Is that part of what's going on? Test your own strength. Yes. Um, I don't know. To me, the silver hammer is like a medical thing. Okay. It's ah. a little bit ominous. I see. Like the kind of thing you used to knock your knee with or something? Knee, yeah. To see what your reflexes silver, were? Silver, I'm thinking like sort of chrome in my head, you know. Silver hammer. He's a medical student. Medical student. He's got this sort of chrome hammer that, yeah. But, I mean... It is a violent image of something coming to an end. It is extremely violent, but that's that's the thing, isn't it? Like surrealism, that's what happens. You get a very ordinary scene, and then bang! It's a dramatic device as well, you know. So, and I just, I don't know why I wanted to do a sort of dark comedy. It's like a sort of dark comedy, because it is a comedy. BC 31 said we caught a dirty one. Maxwell stands alone. Painting testimonial pictures. Oh, 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 oh. You know, BC 31. There was a PC 49 when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. It was a, a character. Yeah, what was that in? I think he was possibly on the radio. Ah, I remember that. PC 49. And leave instructions at the deck that I want to see PC-49 as soon as he comes on tomorrow. I will, sir. Uh, excuse me, Sarge. This sergeant sent me out with this message for the DDI. What is it, Constable? The Adventures of PC-49 was a popular post-war radio series produced by the BBC. The show followed the everyday sleuthing of police constable Archibald Barclay Willoughby as he investigated cheating gamblers and other crimes on the cold streets of London. Say, what if the police raid this place? They won't, sir. Still, we've got even that organised. A system of warning bells and two tough boys on the door to delay them. This old-time noir radio show might have inspired the character gallery and setting of McCartney's song. Rose and Valerie, screaming from the gallery. You must go free. So, I mean, he's got his supporters. And it's like, uh uh-oh, 
don't support him too much, girls, because he'll kill you. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's all a little bit ominous, you know, a little bit sort of dark. But as the words are leaving his lips, a noise comes from behind. I like the idea of playing with them. I like the idea of giving them a story. Right, or saying what they come up with, I suppose. Yeah. Awesome. Just, you know, and then, you know, putting Valerie in the gallery. joyous song. I mean, it has this dark undertow, but it has, you know... Which is tongue, you know it's tongue-in-cheek. You know that it's not a real story. This is not Dateline. You know, this is made up. And I think that's the sort of joy of it. It's like a children's nursery rhyme, you know, chop, chop, off your head. It's a big tradition of that stuff. You know, nursery rhymes are always chopping off people's heads they or are. Humpty Dumpty's always dropping and cracking. So there is this thing of where we kind of like, because we can place it in a safe place and we can enjoy the macabre aspect because we know it's not real, it's not a news story. There's certainly a mix of playfulness and darkness at the core of Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Despite the light-heartedness of the melody, the band's recording sessions for the song weren't quite so light. The other three Beatles publicly said they didn't like the track. Ringo Starr even said it was the worst song they ever recorded. Really, their frustration was less about the song itself and more about McCartney's admitted perfectionism in the studio. And I was very keen on it. It took a little bit long to record. I remember the guys getting pissed with me. Occasionally, I in particular would take too long because I was trying to get what was in my head. I was just going to ask you about how, at this stage, how does it work? Recording sessions were always good because no matter what our personal troubles were, no matter what was sort of going down. The minute we sat down to make a song, mm -hmm. we were good. Well done, boys. Our sort of skills came out, and so I think we all enjoyed being in this little skillful company where Ringo would do that and George would play that and John would do that, which was slightly more eccentric. And I would do that on bass or on piano or whatever. So there was a great joy in that. Maxwell's Silver Hammer from the Beatles' 1969 album Abbey Road. 
in the next episode. Yesterday, one of the most covered songs in music history. That's next time on McCartney, A Life in Lyrics. McCartney, A Life in Lyrics is a co-production between iHeartMedia, NPL and Pushkin Industries.